Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where we talk about all things Commander. And today we have an episode that's been years in the making. Uh, the Sword of X and Y tier list. Wizards recently finally finished a 10-card cycle in March of the Machine with the Blue-Black Sword. Uh, so we are going to rank all the swords today, all 10 swords. But before we do that, uh, let's introduce you to our co-hosts. We have Tomer, Budget Commander. How are you doing? I am doing great. I've been so hyped for this particular podcast. It's been years in the making, decades in the making, and I got my swords ready for them. Because I have a, oh, yeah, I have a, six, I have an, what happened to the other four, Tomer? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. They're Wait, not, is they're not that all. Tile? That, that was not allowed. No, no. I mean, these are the X and Ys. Other, obviously, sort of Cauldra is, is S plus here, but luckily, uh, we're not rating that one or else it would, it would have dominated the conversation, I think. <laughs> it would have made these, these look like nothing, honestly, but. All right. Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. <clears throat> How's it going? It's going well. Excited to uh, hear some horrible sword opinions from the rest of the the crew. <laughs> are, are you, do, you, do you have feedback going back from your mic into your headphones? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, the burn! Damn, Richard, starting off with the hot. Right, we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap and, uh, that. That cackling is the Asian adventure. Crim, how are you doing, Crim? Yo, I'm excited, kind of after like, like after what happened over the weekend. But yeah, it's fun. How you doing? All right. So uh, before we get into it, make sure you give us a like, follow, or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. We're on all the podcast platforms and YouTube as well. And a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit, the easiest way to sell your magic cards. Card Conduit lets you skip all the typing, time, and work associated with buy listing. Their curated service lets you send in as many cards as you want with buy list value one or more, and you pay just a 5% service fee. And you can also use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards and only pay 2%. You get a detailed report and fast payment once your order is processed, and you can get 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Uh, so thank you to Card Conduit for sponsoring today's show. Uh, you know, maybe you have some trash Question. swords that you could Question. send into them. <laughs> Richard, did you did you just say sorted yes, <laughs> option? Yes, like, yes. Uh, you, you, if you, if you uh, can take sorted, all your swords sorted. and sword them and then send them in <laughs> for only 2%. So, mm. all right. We are going to... So, we are going to go in order of basically worst sword to best sword uh, loosely because our opinions do not all align. Uh, but, uh, so normally we rank, you know, S to D... And, and for this for for this list, uh, Seth and Tomer decided to add some f bombs in here. So we're going to start with that because they are very strongly opinionated on this sword. And we're going to start off with Sword of Body and Mind, the Crim Special. Uh, so all the swords are three mana to cast. They cost two to equip. They give you plus two plus two and protection from two colors and give you two effects. So Body and Mind gives you protection from green and blue. And uh, when you hit a player. You can make a 2-2 green wolf token, and that player mills 10 cards into their graveyard. Now, uh, Seth and Tomer gave this card an F. <laughs> Not even on the list. Krim <laughs> at S+. Plus. Uh, he really wow. likes this, and I, I gave it a C. I gave it a C. So let's hear from the, 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 the F brothers here. Why, why is this 
card. Literally, you're saying the worst sword ever printed. It's, it's not even close to it. It's like, it's absolutely the worst because this is the only sword that actively helps your opponents. Because so many uh, decks in Commander have a recursion suite. Some of them more than others. Like, any white deck is going to be running Sun Titan, for example. But then there's one of the most popular archetypes is, like, graveyard decks or any black deck basically loves having stuff in their graveyard and either reanimating them or putting them back to their hand. So this is the only sword where actually hitting your opponents might actually be helping them more than it's helping you. And that's, that's wild. That's, that's, that's an accomplishment for, for this sword overall. All the other ones at least help you more than it helps your opponents. You can say that pretty confidently. This is the only one where it's like, if I have anything to do with my graveyard, I want you to hit me over this. I mean, I, I, I was going to say the same thing. It's the only sword that has an ability that is often a negative rather than a positive. It has like a drawback. One of its two abilities is a drawback. I would also add like beyond that, that's the big reason. But it also has pretty bad protection colors. Like protection from blue is like the worst protection color, I would say. And then green, I guess, is fine for attacking through bodies on the battlefield, but not really great against removal. Uh, the wolf is, I guess, something, but even the wolf, a 2-2, we see all the time in Commander, people playing her off Beast Within's generous gifts. A 2-2 token is not an actual like scary threat or legitimate reason to like the card. So I don't see any, I would rank this by far the, the bottom sword on the list, and it's not even, like, close. I think of it as kind of in a league of its own. It's in its own category. And then you have the other nine swords that are part of the cycle. I agree. It is on a league of its own. <laughs> and there's the rest of the other swords. Nice. Well put, Seth. I think you meant you put the wrong rating. You meant to put S+. plus Because I've heard you all just spew nothing but nonsense in the last 30 seconds all right congratulations because i want to say that the most popular commanders have blue or green in them if you go over the past two years the most popular commanders that you'll see on the average table have blue or green in them yes there's black and red uh and all of that but for the most part the protection colors are solid and on top of that milling you know what's the best thing? Even people who want to do have do graveyard stuff don't want everything in the graveyard. And in a format of singletons, I love it. I'll play that gamble. I'll play that gamble. Plus, this way, it's unassuming enough to where oftentimes that sword, people will let you equip. All of a sudden, things start spiraling out of control. And then all you do is you look at them in the eye and you let them know there are two wolves inside me and they are body and mind. That's it. That's uh, because this Correction, is only one wolf. It only makes one wolf. If it was no, two no, wolves, no, no, maybe no, no, I'd no. be interested no, no, in it. No, 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 no. It <laughs> only one needs wolf. one wolf because the other wolf is the thing you're equipped to. You are going at like, I'm not just the stats season from this commander clash. Let it be known. Of the permanents on the board, Tomer had to remove Sword of Body and Mind. I just want you to know that Tomer treated it as an Avengers-level threat. If no one cared, why? And if every if it actively benefits people, why does everybody remove it? It didn't. I mean, like, the triggered ability didn't matter. Let, let the record show. Like, that situation was, I was dead to a swing. And the protection actually matters. We don't. We don't. But that's that's part that's true. I would be more afraid of literally any other sword on I, that one. It just so happened no, that like even the worst version still no, gets sinew me. Sinew and steel. Sinew and steel. Like 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 that's so who better. cares, right? 
No, no, it wouldn't have been. We'll get to Sinew and see all that. But, like, I'm just saying the mill plan in a format of singletons where you were, like, yeah, there's a recursion game plan, but always, obviously, if I'm playing this sword, I'm not out here going and just going willy-nilly, like, oh, sure, no plan B in case I mill something bad. Obviously, there's a plan B. In a singleton format, if I'm able to eat up your cards, oh, God, if I eat it up with a Dothy Voidwalker out on the board, there's so much that allows me... To, to do, I think to take he's advantage. actually onto something. So I I used to meme on the milling aspect because, you know, if, if you mill a card into the graveyard, uh, you know, you could think of it as literally doing nothing because that card could have been on the bottom of your library, which you you never would have would have drawn, right? Sure. Except we are in a singleton format where people play tutors, so there is a real world where you mill an important piece into the graveyard. For example, a cauldra piece. And you're saying, but Richard, we plan for that. We have we have graveyard recursion. But again, you have like what? One to two pieces of graveyard recursion in your deck? It's not the same as the number of tutors or card draw you run. So the milling is not as much as a meme as we like to make it out to be. I think there's actually some real effects, but it was never a meme. Wait, we were memeing the, on it? Even if the card is like complete trash, it has a purpose in a mill deck. Like if you play a mill deck. You want to mill your opponents, the sword is good. Whereas there are swords where there's like literally no case in which it's good. It just does like mediocre things in all archetypes. So I think the sword like gets a bump above that because in a mill deck, the sword is doing work for you. I think I would run it in like where it does something. (laughs) I would run it in a single deck, basically rogues, right? Because rogues want evasion protection helps with that. They want to be attacking, so the combat trigger dovetails nicely with that. And they want to be milling because they actually use the opponent's graveyards for stuff. So yes, I would run it in a rogue deck. But like, how many decks are there that actually <laughs> want to use crab and go to town? Like any yeah, deck on a crab? It. Well, but but yeah. hear me out. Even even yeah, like legitimately, you ever swing with the crab? Rune crab has hands. Okay. Now I know Seth looks like he's but about to pass mil- out from mil- how mil- much. <laughs> This is like Seth is even. Uh, I even. I even. <laughs> I even. <laughs> do so much better than this. I'm they, blown, it's true though. I'm blown away by the like milling arguments. Like it's well, random. The whole idea. Deck, like, aren't we the mill sword? Well, no. I was going back before that, but like milling oh. your opponent doesn't have value. The idea that oh, I'm gonna mill their good card. We're like going to back to like. <laughs> but one hypothetically mill their combo here, piece. Like, you Seth. could mill them into their combo piece. Like, yeah. yeah, it's random. It's but yeah, Seth, you random. ever sweated yes. when Krim busts out the sword of body by? You're like, oh, please don't hit me. <laughs> like, for the love of God, like, don't hit me because your four card combo, like, if you lose a piece, it's like really bad for you. <laughs> but when yeah, you but just then like, I take a deep breath and I'm like, oh, I'm a logical human being. That's not how randomness yeah. works. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, I'd be but, 10 times more afraid of Krim playing something that was good, like an exile removal spell that got rid of my combo piece when I played it on the battlefield, right? If it's in the graveyard, then who cares? The best like counter spell. I think it's worth something. It's worth a C. <laughs> it's not an A or no, S. It's but like what a if, little like, effect. 
what what if I'm like a playing any sort of graveyard deck, which there's like a a don't, diamond. Don't it's not even black. Player, right? Like don't hit the graveyard. But player. every every deck has oh. recursion. So you're so you have an option that's terrible, and then you have lesser terrible <laughs> options that are still bad for you. Wait, to, wait, 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 wait. Before you say that, yeah, every deck has recursion, but every deck also has graveyard hate. Sure. So the thing here is, I am hopefully hitting you and then bogging you. I'm hopefully able hitting you while there's a rip out in play. So now you need a good card to mitigate the So you need your sword to be a two-card combo to be good. I think that defeats the purpose. It's not even to be good to mitigate the downside of milling people. You have to be like, oh, I hope I have a Juka Bog or else I'm helping my opponents. That's terrible. In a format of singletons, I will gladly play this game of chicken. Right? That's like We play this game of chicken. That's like and saying if you I'm, have a card that gives your opponents five cards each turn, you're like, well, I hope I hit my windfall because then it's going to be great for me. <laughs> it's like, well, but I mean, even, how about even, you just don't give them the cards in the first place? Don't mill them in the first place. But in a format of singletons, I am A-OK with t- playing that race without graveyard hate, too. Like, let's play this game. Will you get there with me milling you your combo? I imagine more times than not, which it's already proven, like, at least obviously tested and by, like anecdotal right but the thing here is i have jammed sort of body and mind in so many decks just as a meme for the fun of it even ones that aren't mill decks if i am attacking i have it my dragon lord ojutai it's been pretty darn fun and the protection of the colors again has proven to be time and time and again solid way better than people think because the best bodies are green Right? Yeah. And like and on top of it, like the best cards that like you're gonna see creatures wise. Flies. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, but the thing is in the air, like it may fly, but the thing is there's you, so you many things all that those can reach block creatures. That. <laughs> you can. You uh, actually can. Okay, I, so I, I, I will throw that this is the only sword that makes a body. <laughs> so if your original sword bearer dies because the protection sure. colors are inadequate. <laughs> You don't get a body because you don't get the you didn't make the hit. But if you make a hit and somehow <laughs> lose the spot removal, you get a second wolf to equip with. Um, That's because they know I'm that hitting your loop. opponents is a draw is a drawback. It's a trap. You might attack again. The loop. <laughs> Look, if we were doing scars of Mirrodin draft, I would I would put this I would put this at near the top, maybe the very Limited, top yeah. actually. That's like a that's a three hit kill. Maybe, oh, well, sometimes four, but, like, it's a three-hit kill. That's very good. And has blockers. Wow. But, I, like, okay, in well, Commander, though, come okay, on. Okay. I, I, I get that I you guys ask. don't like the sword, but I don't believe you guys like it worse than some of these other swords we're going to talk about. I will figure so, it out. I, 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 <laughs> I, I will say one thing before we move on on this, because I am going to say that it is called Sword of Body and Mind, and it seems that Seth and Tomer haven't opened their mind's eye yet. To the truth, that is the I, sword of body. I, I, I got, I got a checkmate before we move on. Uh, I was just looking back on <clears throat> Crim's Commander decks. I found two mill decks that were played in the last year of Commander Clash. Zero swords of body in mine in either of the decks titled mill. So wow. this, yeah, whoa, 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 hold on. In 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 Commander, Jingataxius Tyrant product, uh, Jingataxius from like November 2022, and also Lord Xander okay. the Collector. <laughs> So well, I'm well, but Lord Xander, Lord Xander Mill is about cloning, 
So my my question I, is years. my question is even in the context of mill decks, isn't it true that a lot of mill decks just don't play enough creatures for sort of body in mind? Like I feel like not only do you need to be a mill deck, but then you also need to be a pretty like specific kind of mill deck that has enough creatures to play a sword, because a lot of mill decks are like pretty spell heavy, right, and pretty light on creatures. <laughs> Look at my stats from this season. We have, yeah. what is my most played artifact from this season? I, I, I will Probably say I did the stats course. for Clash and I saw six body in mine. Oh my God. Oh my God. So he, he he backs up what he's saying. He played no, but he also played he played Osgir Mill too, which oh so 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 it worked right. Yeah, like, but Osgir almost never does Osgir Mill. It's usually self mill, and this one can it even target yourself? Can it? No, no but yeah. I don't. So why the, would I want to do that? I'm, I'm, oh no! Yeah. So yeah, no garbage. No. But then where where else is? If you no, can no, target no, yourself, no, no. I would actually be kind of excited for that. I thought maybe no. there was a secret what? tech here. Because <laughs> I, the mill player, also know that even if I'm milling, I there's cards I don't want to mill, right? And even with recursion. So, what? look, I'm just saying, the card has been sweet. What is your real grade, Karim? I still haven't figured out if this has all been like a three-year-long troll to support Sword of Body <laughs> is, and Mind. Is it better than Sword of Cauldra? Can you tell me I that? I don't. I don't play swords. This one okay. has a cool watermark. So how I about don't, that? Does that okay, add Tomer, to the? That's that's just some mill fodder. I don't know why you keep showing that. Like that's just that's mill fodder. So it's, I'm very happy that it's you have probably mill your legitimate most played sword. But you don't really play it a is lot my of most swords. Played sword. Okay, I can yeah, I can accept it that. is that my makes, most played sword. He doesn't own sense. a rogue deck, so, so I mean, so it's but, but I, no, 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 no. But where, where do you rank it in the tiers of swords? Do you actually rank like, it as one of the best swords or like an average sword or like a, a bad sword? It is the best sword to me because it's the only sword I play. Okay. What if it you tried to step outside I, yourself, though, and like be unbiased <laughs> by play pattern? Like, <laughs> it is a tier list. It is impossible on a podcast in a tier list podcast. There, you can try to be as objective as you I, want I like to sound. Just to his but, guns. Yeah. Yeah. What if the goal is to win and not I'm the meme? Sticking, I'm sticking to my sword. Okay. <laughs> like my sword. He's gonna fall. Guns. He's gonna fall on his sword. All right. I'm we gonna gotta... fall on this sword. I will die on this hill. <laughs> So yeah. I, I put it I at love the it. bottom tier of swords, yeah. but it's the best one of the bottom tier of swords. Yeah, we'll get to overall hmm. ranking. So we're, we're, we're going to talk you'll, about the, the bottom tier of swords right now, because I'm surprised you guys put some of these other bottom tier swords over the body of mind. This is, and uh, this we'll is go straight to the new sword, Once in Future. Uh, just printed last set. Uh, I got to read it because no one knows what it does. It's black and blue. When you hit someone, surveil two, then cast an instant or sorcery with mana value two or less from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. And then if it would go to a graveyard, exile it. Uh, so everyone gave it Ds, except for Tomer, who gave it a C. So Tomer feels Tomer, it's remotely really? playable. Really, Tomer? Yeah. Yeah. Better than Body of Mind? please. Really? Yes. Yes, because it can actually be good in some deck. Okay, so Body of Mind... The main problem with Body Mind and why I rank it lower than everything no is because problems. it actively helps your opponent. At least this okay. one. At, at the very least, I don't have to feel scared to hit my opponent with this, right? Because at the very least, it's going to surveil for me, and it's not going to surveil for my opponent. So, um, where would I, I run this? playing a reanimator deck in the reanimator well, graveyard. <laughs> okay, but sure. 
But more I'm likely, I'm going to be using my own, yeah, my own graveyard better than my opponents, hopefully. So uh, there's also like 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 Krim. Uh, there is a there's a deck for anything, and this one actually has multiple <laughs> decks. I think will 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 fit. Like for example, I, uh... one of my pet equipment decks, Tetsuo Imperial Champion, loves low cost spell because he can cheat them into play with his equipments and whatnot when he's attacking. Uh, that's a new Imperial, uh, champion. Really, really good for that. And there's also other decks that just like run a lot of low cost spells, like the suspend spells. If they have any ways of casting them for free, like Myra or, uh, Yidris, for example, or just like decks that f- full of like ponders and just like cheap spells, like even Dralnu, Toshiro, uh, Umazawa is another one. Anything that has a high concentration of them, like let's say like 15 or so of them. Uh, this is going to actually have a lot of value to it because it's a repeatable Snapcaster effect. Tomer, Tomer, I want, I, I've played against your deck numerous times. That's that Toshiro deck. Yeah, literally played it last week. Yeah, I want you to know that your deck, if you put this sword in there, it is actively making your deck worse. Why? Because because <laughs> <laughs> I look the surveil very cute. You're gonna pay three mana, then pay two more to equip it to do. Is to hit and surveil. Tomer, what? Most of the, you're only using the surveil half because. But the, then I get the to cast half. the instant or an instant or sorcery for my graveyard too. Tomer, the deck you, has full of them. You, Tomer, Tomer, yes, you're right. Your deck is full of them. I know there's no way, my man, you are sitting out here, and not knowing the mana cost of your own spells. I saw oh, everything hi. in that deck. It's three to four plus. Well, this only casts you, two or less, except you, for like Knight's Whisper. You're gonna get me to check my. <laughs> Look at your own deck list. You're trying to cheat them into play, but then I, you have this other sword that requires you to have right. lower costs. We're, we're gonna look. I'm right. gonna look at my Surveil, thing. Okay, but Crim, Sur- is I'm gonna tell you with how the body many. of mind. Okay, oh, 100 percent better three, with body of mind. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, Seth, 10, let's 10, have a 11. rational conversation. Here. Yeah, so I mean, at D. So. So I have this uh, the sword at D because I think it's very hard to use. I think its abilities aren't horrible. I think making it sound like, oh, a repeatable Snapcaster is bad. That's silly. Repeatable Snapcaster is obviously good. The problem is you need to have a very, very specific deck where you have enough creatures to make a sword work, enough cheap spells to make the Snapcaster, like restricted Snapcaster ability work, and there is just not a lot. Like, I think it's possible Tomer's Tetsuku deck is one of the decks that can do it. But I think you're, <laughs> you're, you're like Tetsuo. You're like counting on like one hand yeah. the number of decks that can actually meet the criteria of enough creatures and enough spells to make the sword work. Maybe there's some like uh, maybe the new like Baral and Carries have. It's like spell slingery and it makes Ragavans that you can put the sword on. Like there might be some very narrow circumstances. So I think it's like a fine effect. There's just very, very few decks that can actually take advantage of the effects. Is so that not a C? At the bottom. Because at least it's not no. actively harmful to your, your thing. And How by the way, my Tashira, I just counted it, 19 spells. But okay. it can, it can okay. flashback. It can flashback 20, but one of them's Imp's Mischief and that doesn't really work. Um, right. So, 19 so, spells. Okay? So That's even, let, let's, let the game that we played, I saw nothing but 3 plus spells, but even, let's just say Tetsuo, right? Let, let's say the, exclu- the, the exception is Tetsuo. Or the Seth special Tetsuko. Yeah. <laughs> like Tetsuko. The, the, uh, the point is, though, there are way less decks that can use once in future. There is such a fine line for you to, like, use this sword. Whereas Body and Mind, where you think it is, again, harming you, I don't think it is har- or helping your opponents at all. 
I, I, I just, okay, outside of, like, maybe the Golgari, <laughs> like, the, whatever, the uh, Golgari Grave Troll dot deck, like, sure, maybe, maybe the Dredge deck is probably your worst matchup, right? Or any but, land deck, or Ozgear, you know. I just, haven't, I, I honestly. Maybe even a Chantress, there's a thousand ways to not mass, even. I animate all your all enchantments, I, I play ball against all of those. Really? I play this game of ball against okay. all of those, but the Dredge deck, no. Okay, I'll, I'll take my L there. Maybe we don't hit the, the dredge deck. So, like, the, the, the sort of once in future, though, it is way too narrow and way too many deck building restrictions. And on top of that, the decks that are doing that, why would they want a sword? Why would they want that sword? I mean, you want to like, share the free spell, but deck, it's also five mana and, like, it's, multiple It's not combats. a free spell. Yeah. So the, yeah, the power exactly. of the sword is, like, kind of capped, right? Because at most you're getting... A card and two mana and a surveil two, so mm-hmm. the the power level is kind of capped. Like even in the you know you actually get a tutor if you have like a full graveyard, but it's a lot for five mana. So I don't particularly like it. And I think personally, I think there are more mill decks for a body and mind sword than there are decks that can utilize this particular combination of stuff and to like good use. Like you don't want to like a lot of mill fire decks. off like a go for the throat on some random stuff right you actually want to like have your spell be effective as well right so the snares for it are pretty hard i'm surprised wizards printed this as the last sword it feels underwhelming even if we go with the very generous tomer ranking of c still pretty bad right like, it's like on I, the lower half i like i like i liked crims more I feel like th- we would have we had a better a better design first. Do, to be honest, yeah. Do you think it's just designed for sixty card formats? Because it does seem like efficient spells to me feels like something that you would think of in sixty card formats. Yeah, like like there's no there's yeah. no like maybe maybe fire and ice and like one off. Like, yeah. like you know a one off right in feast and famine. But like if this is sixty card formats, what format is this good in? Right, like. Maybe maybe where brainstorm exists, but in Standard? a in, let's just say stone blade, right? Like why would stone blade play this, right? Stone blade has better things to be doing, right? So even and in standard, like Lord knows it, <laughs> I'm not playing this card. That's for sure. <laughs> like, All right. Speaking of standard, I have a good standard sword for you that I recall seeing play in standard. Uh, sword okay. of war and peace. So war and peace is red and white. When you hit someone, it deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in their hand, and you gain life for each card in your hand. Uh, this, D's for everyone, this. C for Seth. So Seth thinks this is playable. I'm okay. Well, I'm getting why well, y'all like hate this. How is this so a C? Much. Man, like, this is commander, just... though. We're talking about commander here. But like, in co- so if you think about it, in commander, like. Everyone has full hands pretty much all the time. Like, this is giving your creature protection from white targeted removal, red targeted removal. Those are two, like, heavy removal colors. Dodging red sweepers like Blasphemous Act and whatnot. And then it's turning your creature into a, like, I hit you for 10 and I gain 7. Like, I, I don't think, to me, this feels like a perfectly average sword. Like, you, any deck that has enough creatures to support a sword, you could throw this in it. And I think it's going to be fine. It's not exciting. But to me, it's like many steps above once in the future and body in mind as far as like it doesn't do something super exciting but everything it does is just like fine like i like some incidental life gain in my decks the protection colors are fine hitting you for more damage is never a bad thing i actually think it's kind of like underrated in commander personally 
Okay, I'll give Sword of Wep. It's uh, <laughs> it's no. it's roses, it's flowers. No. Right? I don't understand what you're talking about, Tomer. Don't be weird. Okay, <laughs> like Sword of Wep is uh, it was great in standard. It's like this is the one v one like sword, right? Twenty life, yada yada yada. Forty life, forty life, and I'll be honest with you, even if they had a full hand, let's just say seven. Wow, this is not great. <laughs> like, this really does nothing. And the best case scenario is, like, somebody does Reliquary Tower and has 40 cards. Okay, sure, but then they have 40 cards. I just don't, I don't see where... They have 40 cards in hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just don't understand how this is better. This has to be even worse than Once in Future. This is the worst sword in Commander, right? I mean, I, people play... The, the ceiling is even worse, right? It's like you, you gain, say, five life. You deal five damage. At least once in future, you can, like, cast a brainstorm, get your bomb, and, like, do something useful. I'll, like, there, there's, like, actual upside. This one is just, like, more damage, but at the cost of five it's, mana. But it's... Right? Like, at like, the cost of five mana, you deal, like, a little bit more damage. Unless there's a combo deck to fill someone's hand. And then, like, one-shot them. It, it feels... Very I, mediocre. Uh, wouldn't this? Wouldn't that be an argument against like Black Blade Reforged and Ember Cleave and like any equipment that's just like, no, hey, my no, thing no, is dealing no, more no. damage now. Like I'm, yeah, I'm confused why costs, dealing like, more damage is bad. <laughs> and is not conditional those, in the same sense, right? This only costs two mana to equip. Damage? It actually well, it costs has. less to equip. Yeah, like, what, commander, uh, this is like me paying for a shock. Right, like I'm doing, I'm paying five mana for a shock in what is Commander, but like like Blackblade Reforged, Embercleave, no, 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 Seth, those are closers. <laughs> those are closers. This yeah. is not a closer. I think it's more the Commander damage aspect. Well, sort of War and Peace doesn't doesn't work well with your Commander because like Blackblade Reforged, you slap that on a Commander, you're going to be dealing that twenty one Commander damage really quickly. Same thing with Embercleave. So I think those work very well in uh, Voltron strategies. I would I would probably not run them outside of Ultron strategies. It's just like it's a lot of damage and it's very respectable, but I don't know. All these other ones have a lot more inherent utility that you can take advantage of. And this one is just like more damage. Look, oh. Seth, on the history of Commander Clash, all fifteen seasons, how many worn pieces have you ever <laughs> seen? I have not seen I have not seen many. I don't think I've ever seen a war of peace. Does that right? mean that's when, does that mean that's correct though? Well, <laughs> well we, let me I ask you so this. because we have a lot of aggro players and equipment players and stuff. I, I mean was, Yeah, I, we've I, played Voltron and aggro. I mean, if we're gonna go by the swords we see the most, that would be body and mind, and you know how I feel about that one. So for me, the correlation between <laughs> Commander like, Class so, play is uh, not so wrong. what you're saying <laughs> is <laughs> a mark on our on our <laughs> Okay, no, so, no, so no, Seth no, thinks no. War and Peace is the be- is an average sword. The best of the bad swords. I would say that okay, the best for of the me, bad so we all Once have a different future, best War and bad Peace, swords. Body and mind are the bad ones. This would be the top yeah. of the bad ones for me. Yeah. I put this just above body and mind. Once in future is over it because at least it's so good much, in couple decks. So much slander right now. <laughs> this one yeah, isn't actively yeah. bad. Okay, it's it's okay. actually good. It does extra damage. It could do like five ish extra damage and gain you five life. Like that's that's respectable. But like no, it's, not. it's not it's not something I would put into a deck. <laughs> Speaking like, of questionable, like we if, got Sword if anyone... of Sinew. Oh, no, wait. Sinew and Steel. Uh, I don't know if this is a bad sword or not. I'm, I'm pretty close on this one. So this one is black and red. When you hit someone, destroy up to one target Planeswalker and up to one target artifact. Yeah. 
That's, nah, I'm that's at least DVD. average. This one's a <laughs> solid what? C. This, like, half the time it does this is half repeatable removal. <laughs> like, I mean, it's when not have you not bad. had an artifact to blow up? Like, well, there's like, always like, an artifact to blow up. What are you yeah. talking about? But how many of them? Yeah, when have do you? But how many do you really want to blow up? Like, if you're just sniping <clears throat> someone's signet, anything. Like, is that, is yeah. That that's, that's great. Yeah, put some, that's that's like, I think that's a this negative, right? This you're just like you. this is worse you're than angering someone <laughs> who's by blowing up their signets and yeah. making an enemy for like minimal value. Well, what, what can they cast? Wait. They're they're tight on mana now because you keep blowing up all their mana <laughs> or, rocks. Or, or, or what spot removal are they going to try to do? They sure as hell can't use blasphemous act on you. So the like, protection colors are good. I will give it that. Like black right, and red like, are good protection colors. It's also it's also kind of notable that it does kill planeswalkers. Now planeswalkers aren't a very popular strategy in in commander. We know that like they don't really scale well in multiplayer. However, yeah. if there is a meta game where there are super friends, swords are really bad because they require to do combat damage to players. So if you're attack, if you have the waste attacks to kill planeswalkers that's awful for any of these equipments and this one is a nice way of actually dealing with planeswalkers because you don't have to actually hit that player or anything you can go to the face get your triggers all all your combat triggers all your equipment triggers and still blow up planeswalkers so that's really good obviously outside of super friends and in a meta like that with, with no with no super friends then you're only killing artifacts but i would argue everybody's running artifacts there's always something to blow up and sure, people will hate you for it, but like, whatever, be the problem. Yeah, that, that's worse than milling someone, YOLO, because <laughs> you've actively angered someone. Like, you can guarantee they're angry. You, you can, you're not sure if you mill someone if they have recursion or not. So you're slowing their you game plan really, as a, really instead of advancing their game plan. Value. It's it's negative value. You spent five mana. You took one mana what? off someone, and now they're on your back, and now they're <laughs> coming for you. <laughs> Like With what mana? You got them it, you got them on the road. You spent five mana for the sword, Tober. You're actually probably <laughs> behind in tempo. <laughs> and the, well, I mean I don't I don't run most of these swords outside of like an equipment deck. Like I'm gonna be casting it for free and equipping it for free and whatnot. So even in I mean, deck though, do we do we play this? It's That's a C by say. the way. I'm not I'm not saying this is like an all-star. This is a C. This is Did, like seven for me. So like even in equipment deck, would it make the cut? Like, I feel like yeah. if I was building a deck with swords, this is one of the swords that would not make the cut for me. Because, like, right most of the time, there's going to be no Planeswalker. Sure, if you were in a playgroup where you have a Super Friends player that you're playing against all the time, that's different. But in just a random pod, it's pretty unlikely there's going to be a bunch of multiple Planeswalkers on the battlefield to kill. And then I'm on the Richard camp with artifacts. Like, yeah, there's times when you're getting an important artifact that's actually relevant. But I don't want to just be picking off people's signets. It's much different than uh, the mill sword body and mind because you actually have to target something. You actually have to like point to someone and their permanent and be like, I am coming after you. <laughs> so I think you're like really are just making enemies for for very little value, right? You gotta be you gotta embrace it's... being the problem sometimes, Seth. You yeah, but if I'm gotta... gonna make myself the problem, it's not for sort of sinew and steel. I'm gonna play a consecrated <laughs> sphinx or like something that's legit. Yeah, not for this. It, it, it's also the only sword that can literally do nothing. So if someone like Ondu inversions wipes the board and then you have you play the sword to equip it, it has no abilities. There's no artifact to blow up. There's no planeswalker to blow up. Whereas every other sword can still do something theoretically. Um, so th this is a sword that has like half an ability most of the time. Most people don't play planeswalkers. And then sometimes it has no abilities. Like what are you gonna do? Hit their hedron archive and they like crack it in response? <laughs> like. <laughs> So I force the most situational, but in a super friends meta, th this is actually pretty sweet because you can hit one person and then snipe a planeswalker from another person. Yeah, 
I mean, I just look at this like, yeah, sure, it may have exactly maybe one mode, but there's times where because it can just blow up an artifact, people will just hold, which means in a way you've kind of taxed or slowed down an artifact's game plan, right? They held their best artifact. That's still a win. I, I, I is think it a win for better. five mana, though? It's not like this thing came free. It was I mean, five mana and a uh, card, right? <laughs> if you know anything from my Commander Clash, Seth and I, I've, I've proposed many deals. It's not because Seth and I like teaming up on Clash. It's the fact that, that we, there are artifact players, and artifact players do nonsense, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. so sometimes... So when I'm not playing artifacts, you go for it because, oh, we're, we're uh, old <laughs> Commander buddies because you know, this <laughs> one was printed more recently. I remember that game, too. Every excuse to team up. That, that was Turn fair, two, let's but team like, up. But, but legitimately, artifact decks are always doing nonsense. That's so if true. you can tax... You, you can tax it an artifact deck, Tomer. You are an artifact player. You do agree, right? Like, like artifact our... players do busted things, if, right? If, if but you're still like... Deck, this probably does nothing, actually, because it's not enough <laughs> to I, get it, through it, them. It may not be enough, but let's just say that it gets their best piece or it slows them down <clears> from playing their best piece. I think there there is way more here in Sinew and Steel than there ever could be with War and Peace. And okay, it's got so, so of the bad ones, you think it's the best one. Sinew and Steel is right. your... Your yeah, top of, no, of no. He said body of mind, body of mind. No, 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 no. See, I said bad swords. I don't know if uh, you know this, but I said bad swords, which means once in future war and peace, uh, sinew and steel. Like I think th- of those three, sinew and steel is the best one of those three, and then it probably goes right into once in future and then war and peace. I mean. Uh, okay. I put this lower than Once in Future just because it's good. Like, Once in Future is very good for very specific decks. And this one's not very good in any deck. Like, I run an equipment because I can cast it for free and I can equip it for free in many different ways. And even then, it is most cuttable. But I really like having removal on my equipment. So that's what I value in my equipment deck. That's the only reason why I run it, really. But, like, it's very cuttable. It's not very... Argentum it's not armor. Great. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I have... Dude, Argentum I'll, I'll armor... i over this. If we're Argentum talk armor is truth. Oh, I love it so much. All right. No one expects Next it. Up, light and shadow. So, the black-white sword. When you hit someone, you gain three life, and you may return up to one target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, D, Richard? This one. What? D, I think it's a bad sword. Krim at C, mm. Seth and Tomer at B. I mean, it's a like, good sword. It's colorless recursion. Like, some colors and decks really struggle with recursion. The life gain's a nice little bonus, but remember, we're in the sort of body and mind meta where we're aggressively milling our <laughs> opponent's decks. Being able to get back the creatures that people are milling offers a lot of value. But, like, in, seriously, though, like, that's the selling point for me. Like, if I'm a deck that struggles with recursion and I have a lot of creatures... Being able to raise dead every turn is is not bad, and also again two decent protection colors with white and black. Arguably being the some two of the best, best, right? Yeah, like Pro- target removal the two colors. Best colors. <clears throat> For so I don't think it's not great, but I think it's fine in a deck that wants equipment. I, it's one of the ones I still run in an equipment deck. Arguably, I want to say this, by the way, best two colors, right, for protection from spells, right, from removal, stuff like that. Not that good when it comes to combat. White's relevant in combat, I think. Black, maybe not as much. I would say black-green is probably the best for combat. 
White has a lot of go wide. Like you can make a lot but of. They're, like, but yeah. but they're small, right? Yeah, like, you can usually yeah, go right you need past to hit them. To but you need to get around chump blockers. Yeah. Sure, but like, but like of that, like you got to think about black having death touch, right? Green just having bigger and better creatures. Like there's just like the black and green is probably the best combat colors, in my opinion. But I don't so, want to get chump blocked. Like I need to, I need to deal combat damage, or else I, I don't need, get my my trigger. I think all of these are irrelevant. I think if you take my my sword ranking and you just mix all the colors around, like it really doesn't matter. Because when you sit at a pod, like there's all kinds of players, and if you're trying to get a swords hit, you probably are not just relying on protection colors for the sword hit. So yes, it will matter in specific circumstances, but in general, if this was a red blue sore like I, I don't know if it makes any difference whatsoever to my ranking it's really the effect of when you hit um i used to play the sword a lot it sucks because people see your graveyard and they're like oh is there something scary in there then we are going to make sure this thing does not hit and if there's nothing useful in there they're like oh, whatever and you, you know, have to have stuff in your graveyard somehow uh it's game three life is kind of meh it's five mana i this is, back is, this is the best of the bad swords, in my opinion. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> like, I, I rank it with the bad swords, and this probably Ooh, has some upside because you can get something really good back, but I don't know. You need something like <laughs> late game sword. Like You need something in the graveyard to reanimate, which is actually not as easy as it sounds. Especially you play with Farewell creatures even, and creatures Even die. in a body and mind meta. I okay, but like if you get a spirited companion back, is that like what you're really <laughs> going after here? Right? If you're, run, if you're like running the, spirited companion, you probably want to get it back. Isn't that the ultimate Richard line? Like spirited companion, yeah. draw a card, blink it, it dies, get it uh, back, draw a card. Yeah. That sounds like my Richard's one, dream one, game. It, it is, <laughs> but would kill. you be ranking that strategy as a B? <laughs> like, well, wait, you wait, rank wait, it wait, as an S, so I mean, yes. killing spirited companion? For you. Like nobody's killing unless you're blocking with it. That That's the only way yeah, you're Like y'all, you know, y'all forget I, it's five mana to get the sword on something and you have to hit you have to hit with a combat to get one trigger, and usually it's not worth. Right, you got to hit multiple times to like actually make up for that. It's not that easy to get the sword to go through. This is the so first sword. In the my question is: Do you play like Tomer's uh, famous? Do you play a basic land or do you play Sword of Light and Shadow? <laughs> like, like, like I, that, I, really I actually, asking, right? please don't cut. I lands used for to swords. play this a lot as well. <laughs> I used to play this a lot as well, uh, and you know, Richard is. You know, as, as you put it into perspective, it is kind of like a, a card that I just slowly just stop playing. And I find myself playing Sinew and Steel more than Light and Shadow. <laughs> like, like what I'm not, I'm not saying like, like. for the body of mind player, though. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like, I think Sinew and Steel in, in, like, maybe, maybe this is just, I have it C because I feel like this is exactly where Sinew and Steel sits in the power level for me. It's just, eh. Right, like, eh. But at least Sinew and Steel blows up artifacts, which is more prominent. And this is going to be dependent on the deck and the playstyle. I would rather blow up your stuff so you're not getting farther ahead. So I value that more than me getting a creature back, spending my turn, recasting it, doing all that other stuff. So I think I value the removal side of Sinew and Steel more than I do Light and Shadow. But I could see the argument for it being better. So, But they're interchangeable to me. 
I think for me, I think that what I want out of swords is consistently being good, no matter what the matchup is, no matter what my deck is doing. Like I always want to get value. That's why I'm ranking stuff like uh, Sinew and Steel, Body and Mind, Once in Future, very low for me. Because to me, yeah, the ceiling's pretty high. If you build the like exact right commander, you get the exact right situation, you're Snapcastering every turn, or you're a mill deck and you get to mill 10 and it's awesome. But those situations aren't going to come up. And that's for me where Sinew and Steel fails. Like, sure, if you're up against Super Friends in Urza, it's going to be the best sword. But most of the time, you're not going to be up against a Super Friends deck and a dedicated like hardcore artifact deck. So I would rather have the high floor of like, I sit in a random pod, I know I'm raising dead every turn with my sort of light and shadow, rather than like, oh my god, I'm playing Sinew and Steel, and it just like, it does nothing against any of these decks, why is it even my hand? Like, so, so I kind of want my swords to have a high floor and be good all the time, rather than like, have a high ceiling in like, super narrow circumstances or matchups. Hmm. But the like, okay, so we, we no talked about it. Though, right? <laughs> the, the, the thing we talked about a few podcasts ago, right, is that like, I think when Mom or whatever, All is One came out, is that Mycosynth Gardens, right? Like there's enough artifacts where maybe I try just playing that I, casually, right? Like it doesn't matter if I'm an artifact deck or not, because I think Commander is just naturally loaded with so many artifacts. So it's not like, I think the destruction of an artifact isn't as narrow as you think it is. But for me, like, you're right, every deck's going to have artifacts, but uh, for me, mana rocks are not counting. Like, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to be blowing up mana rocks. Like, uh, to me, I think that's a negative rather than a positive. So you got to have artifacts that are not just, oh, I'm playing a bunch of mana rocks. To me, that doesn't count mm. as, like, an upside necessarily, because I think it can it can turn you into the arch enemy too quickly. So as as an equipment player, I got one of these as well in my deck. This is of the of the cards we've talked about so far, of the swords we talked about so far, this is the only one that I would actually not cut. Like the sinew and steel, I would I would definitely cut it if something comes along that pushes it out. But this is the first one that's like, all right, this this is a secure spot. Maybe it gets cut eventually, but like I think it's better than the other ones that we've discussed, at least for equipments, because it's not five to equip, it's it's significantly cheaper and there's synergies. And I think I, I wouldn't run it in like a generic deck, but I think there's like maybe a couple other very specific decks that would run it. Like if I was a cleric sacrifice deck, like an aristocrat cleric deck, like Aura, um, the gain life is relevant. And the fact that I'm always going to be sacrificing my own creatures. So I'm always going to have targets for it makes it very appealing, uh, that I would consider running it for, for that five mana investment. Um, but yeah, I, I want to put it in a generic deck just as like, oh, I want some value in my creature deck. But I, I think it's pretty good. I is like it good it, in it goes to your soul hand, sisters? Right? The, the creature doesn't go into play. It goes to the yes. hand, so right. it's like draw a card, gain three life in like <laughs> optimal scenario. You still have to. But like soul sisters creature. is like you. It's like a bunch of one drops. You have like your Sarah Ascendant. You have your uh, Soul Warden and the three other ones and the two drops and stuff like that. So like going back to your hand is not the worst. Look, I want to believe you guys. I, I have I played Light and Shadow in Legacy. I played Light and Shadow in Modern. <laughs> Birds I are played very Light cheap. and Shadow in Commander for years. And it just got cut, man. Like it doesn't right. do anything. Half the time, you like the ideal turn for a sword is turn three. Because you, you want to get as many hits in as possible and <clears throat> early before people deploy blockers and interaction and stuff like that. And uh you just sit there and gain three life and are super sad. And like you don't have anything to bring back and it's it's really hard to make use of and best case scenario it's like 
the slowest Phyrexian arena you've ever seen. So like, <laughs> I, uh, ugh, I want it to work. I, I have like an OG foil original printing light and shadow. It's ready to be busted out anytime. OG <laughs> foil? Me Maybe I can trade you. Okay. It is fair yeah, that it's... None of this it's, new art. I have, like, the terrible art. Like, this, this terrible, like, ice cream popsicle cone. <laughs> the new one's not that bad. I think the no, new one's kind of cool, one. but... The old one is, like, terrible. The oh, but I, is really I like old border foils. So. Yeah. Did we... Did we do this podcast just so you could flex your fancy card, Stomer? You got some fancy yes. swords. I'm a budget <laughs> commander, by the way. The only the, okay. the only sword I have a fancy version of is body and mind. So, <laughs> of <Okay>. course. <laughs> okay. I, Maybe I we even finally broke it into the good swords? Question mark. Are Weird. We in the good Weird, swords. We yeah. started with truth, one. Oh, you're right. And shadow. No, wait. Truth and justice. White and blue. When every equipped creature deals combat damage, put a plus one plus one counter uh, on a creature you control. Then proliferate. This card is very good. Encountered myself and Krim. Bees for Seth and Tomer. <laughs> like, I mean, this is like the most bee-ish short we've ever seen, right? Like, bee is good in specific decks. It seems good if you're like a plus one plus one <laughs> counter deck. Like, it's built to yeah. be good in a plus one plus yeah. one counter deck. Outside of that, like, I guess. Maybe if you're some weird, like, super friends deck that has a lot of creatures or, like, a charge counter deck or something, you can yeah. take advantage of the repeatable proliferate. But to me, it's, like, very poison ish Poison, yep. Is, is it even good, though? That's my question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just I, gave I would... it a C for the theoretical proliferate deck, but is this what you want to be running if you're running a proliferate deck? It gives I mean, when a you creature mean... plus two plus, plus, two plus one plus one counters, essentially, each time it attacks, and it enables proliferate, and... Polyphilate just keeps getting better as we get more and more counters matter stuff. It just, the, yeah. the value of it keeps going up. Like, it's now very good in poison. It's good in basically any plus one plus one counter deck, I believe. Uh, if you're like an experienced counter deck, it's probably good to super friends. I think a lot of super friends make creature tokens as blockers. You could just uh, throw the sword on it and hit whatever, uh, it has protection from and you can get your loyalty counters that way. Like, the, the efficiency rate of it is pretty high, I think. I think repeatable, I mean, repeatable proliferate actually is, like, pretty expensive. One-shot proliferate's not that expensive, but if you look at cards that can repeatedly, you're looking at, like, Contagion Class for a turn, Karn's Bastion for a turn. Uh, it's it's not a cheap ability to be able to do it every is, turn, is, so is I actually like think a it's... a bird that's, like, two mana or something? When you thrumming bird. Proliferate. Yeah. Yeah. But you want viral Drake, right? Like, that just pay four to proliferate, so, like... You know what... On just off that, like you know, you have a good point there. I am bumping it up to a B. Um, this is definitely a a solid sword to just like yeah, like the ability's nice. I mean, I play it in like proliferate decks, right? Like why wouldn't I? Like this, and there's more counters every year on every set. There's just more things to proliferate, and you know, giving the one one counter, you are attacking, right? Like you are mm -hmm. attacking, so that does change a little bit of the combat math and. In a deck that is attacking, why not give yourself plus two plus two already, right? And then on top of that, get a one one counter, two one one counters even. Like at the very least, your creature is going to be doing well in combat. So I actually think this sword is very much so a solid B. Richard, did we I'm get fine. you? Oh, Ugh, stay no, in a C. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I got, I got a C. It's like theoretically good in proliferate, but I'm not even sure it's good in proliferate. Would you, you wouldn't run these in like a proliferate deck? I, I think would it you, wouldn't I be like know. the best card, but it, it would be even we, very solid. We gotta solid. see all the proliferate cards, but right. it's kind of slow and janky for proliferate. 
It's not as good as like I mean, Inexorable it, Tide or like the Icar Moon Gauntlet or like yeah, so I, maybe I Throne of Gathers. I mean, card would actually, be a proliferate deck, and does this actually hop above that? Yeah, it, you take I, I think this is better than Icar Moon Gauntlet. Oh yeah, Gauntlet's maybe, only maybe one, not in, one permanent, right? right? Each, yeah, each that's spell, more of like yeah. a combo card. Yeah, yeah. I, I like just just this alone being equipped to a Thrumming Bird means that this Thrumming Bird is getting big real fast, yeah. right? Like, so and you get double to proliferate. Yeah, like obviously you get double to proliferate, but like oh, I throw because this of that, on an Oko or something, I, you can't just staple it onto a good card and call it good. <laughs> I I will say I don't know if I'd just jam in any plus one plus one counter deck. I think that's a little bit more hit or miss. Like, would you play in just any deck with a plus one plus one counter theme? Probably. I I don't see yeah. why you wouldn't. Like, why not? Like anything with a plus one plus counter for the most part, um, well, on average, you don't want we'll equipment. Love the <laughs> right? equipment are like but very you will niche. Have so but you'll, you'll sure if it goes like, up. if it's like go wide, like call for backup, for example, is like go wide, put a counter on everything, and then you proliferate, yeah. and that's very nice. That's like, where it's going to be at its best. Yeah. yeah. Like you, if you, you have put no like, evasion, would you put the sword in and hope the protection lets you hit someone? Like it seems yeah. like a big risk. At least thrumming bird like flies and stuff like that, right? This one, it's a bit risky if you don't build around the fact that you're going into combat, and uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I see. I mean. The next, the next sword, we all have it B, and I don't know if I want to put this in the same class. So let's talk about the next sword, which is Sword of Fire and Ice. Uh, pretty, maybe one of the most staply of swords because it's so old that we see a lot in Commander. Uh, red and blue, when you hit someone, you deal two damage to a creature or player, and you draw a card. We have it Bs across the board. Drawing an extra this, card this every is turn is, is always never bad. Never going to complain about building a Phyrexian Arena. The damage, though, is kind of meh. Like, is it relevant, actually? No. The shock is like, space. But it picks off yeah. utility yeah. creatures, right? Or, yeah, utility creatures, yeah. Like, that's where it I shines. Mean, this is one that's, like, trending downwards for me. Yeah. Uh, the, Like, I would, I think the value in, like, a proliferate sword and 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 getting the one one counter is actually just better than blindly drawing a card. I I I'm in in the current year as things get better that the more things you can proliferate. I think this is actually a sword that is now maybe under the the blue white truth and justice sword. It's still I, maybe just a, a few steps ahead as of right now, but like I think this card is actually trending <clears throat> downward for me. I would say it's I, trending I think it's trending downward. I would say it's trending down too, but for a different reason. I think the reason it's trending down for me is five years ago, ten years ago, some decks and colors were really hard up for card draw. And like this was like, it's colorless, I can draw an extra card. So it made it worth it in a lot of decks just on that reason. But as we've gotten so much more card draw and Wizards has fixed white and fixed green, it's kind of like Mind's Eye. Like you just most decks don't have to be that desperate anymore to play Sword of Fire and Ice is one of their card draw effects because there's better options. So it's trending down for me too, but that's that's more the reason is card advantage is not as hard to come by as it used to be. Yeah, I, especially in Commander and like there's so many better ways to go about it than just having to pay three, pay two more, hope I have a creature, hope it connects. There's, I just don't feel like the upside of a shot. Like uh, you look at like a few of the other stores we talked about having one mode, the shock is... You know, it's kind of like almost not a real thing. <laughs> uh, but maybe, if you have maybe, a if you have two toughness creature or something like that, and you're like, oh, you're starting oh, to sweat a little bit. It kills it kills wolf tokens for days. It kills wolf tokens. <laughs> <laughs> it kills I, I fairies and rugs. 
you're, you're, a, you're a notorious Phyrexian Arena hater. <laughs> yeah. Rank Sword of Fire Knights compared to Phyrexian Arena. Is this not five man of Phyrexian Arena? So I would not. I would not. I would not run Sword of Fire and Ice outside of an equipment deck. Like okay. I don't think. Like I. I agree that like back in the day, some people would be like, "Oh, I'm gonna put Sword of Fire and Ice in my mono white deck because it's 2011 and I just don't have a lot of options to support and I need to. I just need more card draw." So like valid. Totally understand that. But like these days. I just think there's so many more synergistic options for any archetype and any color that you're just going to get so much more value. Even generic options at this point, even like for white and stuff, like there's like so many more cards that I would run for card draw if I need that, um, that I'm not going to run it outside of an uh, equipment deck. And the only reason why I'm running an equipment deck is the synergies make it way better. So I would rate it much higher than Phyrexian Arena because synergy wise, it's really good in equipments at the very least. So there's that. This used I'm to never be cutting literally it. all of my decks, and it's it's being cut. Yep. It's being yeah. cut now. Like even if I want card advantage, I don't even need. I'm like, give me the mask of memory, please, and then <laughs> give me like a real sword. Mask of memory is so good. <laughs> we'll we'll get to, but like I I think Crimson Step. Like most of the time, the shock is a throwaway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can pick something off, but most of time it's just going to someone's face, and then you spread the love because you don't want to anger anyone. Like it's like literally doing nothing, <laughs> and then yep. it's a five mana Phyrexian arena. Which I think is actually pretty good. Which is actually, it's actually I, I, like worse it's than Phyrexian Arena, by the way. Yeah, it is worse than but Arena, like I'm willing to pay five mana for an Arena. Uh, I don't have to deal with the combat and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's also noteworthy to, really to good. say, though. Now it's like decent. And I think soon enough it will be bad. It just gives I think it's a couple more years. It's also I guess worth swords noting. are bad, though. So, yeah. like. You know, like, swords are, like, decent to, like, bad already, unless you're, like, a Voltron deck. I would so. argue against I think they're build around. When we get to our top tier of swords, <laughs> but I'll, I'm, I, I, I'll, I'm curious what you guys think when we get here. Also, all of these uh, benefit from Double Strike, by the way, because they're all combat triggers, so there are yeah, ways of sure. getting even more value out of them. Like, they're not just strictly like always going to be... 20 and two wolves. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, Vol- Voltron, they work really well because you stack up your creature such that it can't be blocked or it has trample yes. or it has flying or whatever. But in a generic deck, you might have trouble hitting with your sword. Like the protection yeah. colors may not be enough. Your, your body may not be big enough. People might chump and stuff like that. So it's something well, to be cognizant of. And in a Voltron deck, you're probably playing a bunch of swords and they kind of stack with each other because then you kind of build your own like commander's plate or something where you end up having protection from pretty much all the colors and can get in all, all the attacks that you want. Yeah. All right. So the those were our B swords. They averaged out to a B. And uh, if you've been counting, those are seven swords we've done so far. So we're, we're headed into our top three swords. Yes. Uh, so these are what we consider the cream of the crop. And we'll start with Hearth and Home. Protection, green, white. Uh, when you hit someone, search library for a basic land, put it on the battlefield under your control, and also uh, blink. Is it blink? Exile up to one creature, blink. return it immediately. Uh, blink, ramp. Ramp basic. We have I mean, B for Krim. Krim doesn't believe in the ramp. And then A's for everyone else. I, I love this card. This That's, is another one-sided sword, right? Or a one-mode sword for me. Seth, I feel like yes. the blink is good, right? The blink is good. That's why we like it. But Seth and I, like did, ramp? we play a oh, silly yeah. amount of MDFCs. Oh, God. You're saying the ramp what doesn't am I, exist? 
So you but won't like, have like, any basics on. to fetch with this? You don't Dude, have like have five four, basics like two in your basics. deck? I have two basics to three. three in your two color decks? That, that, okay, tough. that's why it's a, a, but yeah, twice, in, in a specific deck. <laughs> like even in a two color deck, actually, yeah. What? Because, yeah, because in a two color deck, I am loaded to the max on MDFCs. <laughs> like I'm talking about even like McKinney Stampede. You know, like I'm playing them all. Why? Uh, so, <laughs> I have run, like not even joking. Why are you running bad lands if you could just because the, like the bad lands are like, oh well, what if I get some use out of them? But these are like really good cards. Like they they aren't they not enough reason for you to play enough basics to run them, like to utilize them? No, I mean like I like, like I. You'd rather I, run McKinney Stampede <laughs> over another basic so you can sort it, of hurt than home. It, Yo, it, you're it, talking about my overrun right now. Oh That's my awesome. god! Okay, so. I, I, I love. <laughs> I agree with them. I love like, maybe you don't run the kidney stampede, but you run Boseju, you run yeah. yeah. Right. There's like a million utilities lands you would run above basics. So normally you run like three to four basics, and if you hit four times with the sword, well, you're out of luck, right? <laughs> like, you you over exceeded. And that's it. You're you're not ramping anymore. Oh, that's boy. assuming I didn't even draw. Because usually with my luck, I draw my basic, right? So uh, like, and so was then that, it's like was really that I have like a sword, oh, like animus or something. Ramps once animus, and it's done. Yeah, like, that made me yeah, <laughs> swear off it. these cards forever. Yeah, I just I don't think they're missing out. You really got to build a around sword. them. Yeah, there's so many good utility uh, utility lands. I think. There are decks where you really build around the ramp aspect, but I will say that that has been a problem for me, like just running out of lands. And it really, I think in a two color deck, I'm going to have enough basics, but if I'm playing three or four colors, think. it is unlikely that I'm going to have enough basics to make this work. So I think that does kind of limit the number of homes it can go in. I still think it's very strong though. And I still think the ramp mode in general is the strongest mode. Like sort of the animist is one of the most played equipments and this is mostly an upgraded version, right? So I think for most people, this is a very strong sword. It also, the lane enters the battlefield untapped too. So post combat, it might be a little bit easier to cast out uh, another spell, which I, mm -hmm. I, I like a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and the blink ability is just really good, right? Like, we can agree that, the, like, if you're Mild in a blink deck or something like that, it's really solid. Uh, Spirit Companion gets blinked again. You, you draw another card. Um, I, it, it, it's really good in my Zedru deck, too, because it's, you blink a card, a creature that you own, not control. So if I gift, like, a Gilded Drake to somebody, uh, I can then blink the Gilded Drake onto my side of the battlefield, swap another thing. And it also combos with Aurelia, the War Leader. If you attack with a creature with uh, Sword of Hearth and Home on it, and Aurelia, you can blink the Aurelia, have an extra combat, blink the Aurelia, have an extra combat, and keep going over and over again. This is like the first card that like I'll run outside of equipment, outside of niche strategies. Like I'll just like jam it in like regular decks, and for most part, it's good. I'll, if it's four color, five color, I won't run it. But like one color, two color, three color, like I'm not feeling bad about putting it in the deck. And I don't even think it had to be a blink deck. Monocolor, yeah. yeah. Like most most decks are gonna have good ETB creatures. Like those are just kind of the heart, like Docksides and Sun Titans and Italies. Like most decks are accidentally gonna have those things. So I don't think you really gotta build around. It's not like like you gotta be Brago or something to take advantage of the blink. It's really strong. I, I, it is super I, awkward I though, because normally you your line is like turn two companion. 
turn three sword, turn four equip hit, and then you blink the companion and you take the sword. <laughs> Got to equip of it. again, yeah. Well, you don't have to draw the card, right? Yeah, but Tomer. Yeah, right. But like, normally, <laughs> like, you, you don't have that many creatures, and you right. end up blinking your sword. Oh okay. okay, so that Tomer. that terrible situation. You just ramped out another lane, though, so it's going to be easier for it to re equip yeah. the very least, I mean, and then play another good, creature. But it's you know, there, there's some awkwardness with the blinking. It's not like the dream scenario where everyone has like Dockside sitting on the sideline and you have a flyer to come in and make a million mana. But you're not supposed to blink the, uh, the thing you're equipped with. You're supposed to blink something else. Well, yeah, ideally, but, again, but sometimes you don't you gotta... normally have like 50 creatures sitting around, That's... right? Like, especially since you care about the ramp, you're you're you really want to hit this on turn three and you want to start uh, hitting people. It's also one of the very few colorless ways to ramp lands. Uh, so that, in my books, puts it into the, the top tier where you play it in any deck. And you play it in your Ulamog deck. If you're a Grixis <laughs> yeah, or whatever, but... you should be trying to find some creatures to throw into <laughs> pick up the sword so you can actually and ramp yourself. Ooh, and some so basics. Okay, but, but if you yep. care about ramp in Colorless, then you just now play Realmbreaker, the, uh, the world tree. That's just better. <laughs> That's just better. It is just better. It, well, no. But Gross. I mean... Well, I mean, you want a bunch of ramp spells, so it doesn't have to be an either or. But yeah. Realm Breaker might be. Better, I mean, though. Realm Breaker is def. I, I I think would just be better, and I've I've actually been enjoying that card by the way, uh, quite a bit. Uh, so, but yeah, like the Invasion Tree, by the way. Of course, it's the, the mill card. I mean, yes. <clears throat> All right. So okay, I, here, here's yes. another similar sword. So Forge and Frontier, which is red green. Uh, you exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn, and you may play an additional land this turn. So, kind of ramp, but it has to come from your hand or the top of your library. And uh, Krim, well, everyone gave it A. I gave it an S. So, I don't believe in giving equipment S's based on our criteria because I feel like... Ugh, you power down any deck by not running this. It's just really hard for an equipment to meet that because some decks yeah. aren't going to have enough creatures to run it or whatever. But I will say this would be my number one sword for commander. Like if anything would get an S from me, this is as close as, as you could get. If I wasn't opposed to giving any any equipment an S tier ranking, this would be the one. It does exactly what you want. It draws cards and ramps. Like we've said many times, that's, that's the heart of commander. Those are the best things you can do in the format. And this does them both every single turn, so... I disagree with Seth. I think your deck is worse without this, and you should put creatures wow. in your deck just to enable this card. I disagree. Right? Ooh. Just I, like Teferi's Protection, you might be like, oh, should I run white to run Teferi's Protection? Right? And then you like just add a whole color to your deck just to play Teferi's Protection because it's that strong. Like, you need to look at this and be like, I can't ramp. I better play some cycling, dirtily one ones to equip this sword and hit people with. Uh, so I, I actually think it is S. It's that strong wow. that you should be warping your deck to equip it, especially if, if you're not green or white. You, you can't ramp normally. Uh, this allows you to ramp, and this is the perfect one because it allows you to ramp non-basics. You don't have to run these garbage basics. Uh, you can go full MDFCs. You can play additional <laughs> MDFCs. You can play it's your Poseidus. You can play your Field of the Deads and your Monocolor deck. You can... You can build a, a normal mana base and the sword will get you there as opposed to Hearth and Home where you need to start skewing uh, basics. So I actually think you should be warping your deck just to play this sword. I'm, I'm definitely lower on this card. Like, I think this is my second highest card. I would rank this number two. But, like, 
if you're saying like what what if you are in a in a deck that can't ramp like what if you are in a deck that can ramp really well though like this is not always going to be your best card draw spell or your best ramp spell it could be even like the six or, or seven and then it's definitely cut worthy i think but like it's just so good um overall it does the two things you want it's not situational it can fit into most decks and i run it in in a lot of my decks even um, the only thing that it's not so good in is people say, yeah, well, you guys are saying that it's like, uh, just card draw. Sometimes it's not mm. card draw though. Like if you're like very heavy on like spells that are conditional, like counter magic, for example, or board wipes or like stuff like that, you can whiff like is, or there'll be situations where you don't have a lane to put into play. So it's not like it's, you're always getting that value in. Um, it's not, it's not card draw. It's not draw two cards, right? Um, and ramp out of land. It's all right. So, so I got a question for two you over there. Would you take a Exile 2 trigger or would you take a Sword of Fire Dice trigger to draw a card? Oh, the upside on this is much higher, so I would put this in, in I would pick this most times. Or I guess I guess we have Surveil 2 as well. <laughs> There's a Surveil 2 for once. Like, rank, rank oh, obviously, card, card draw is better than Surveil. Obviously, it goes card draw into Exile into okay, or so Impulse draw, draw into one over surveil. Exile 2. Um. It's close, actually. Yeah. It depends on the deck. Like, if my deck has a lot of spells that I will whiff on, uh, like counter magic and whatnot, then, yeah. Or I have, like, a lot of removal and stuff, then obviously it's not very good. But, like, if I'm in a situation, if I'm in a deck that, you know, benefits from that, then, yeah, for sure. I'll take this. Normally, I'd take Exile, too, I think, over the draw. Tomer's right that it does depend on the deck a little bit, and then some decks, one's going to be better than the other. But, like, in a vacuum... I think I'd rather just see two cards. They're close <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I, I want to see two cards, but it's like, I won't complain. It's close enough. <laughs> yeah. They're both both. I good definitely abilities. don't think this is S. As funny as that sounds, I do like I do like what the card does. It's very good. It's a very good sword. Uh just be but like Tomer had mentioned, sometimes it just feels bad when you're exiling the top card and it's like, oh, Cool. There's my, you know, Teferi's protection off the top, so I I gotta use it now, right? Or or I don't use it again. So or my counter spells or things like that. So I don't know. Like it, it depends on the type of deck, but on average, sure, this is pretty good. Being able to draw a card, play an additional land, like Richard had mentioned, doesn't force me to play basics, which I like, because uh, in in the it just allows me to play a second land. So I think I think Forge and Frontier is like really good. I'll just clarify. I don't care about the feels bad. I just where it can whiff. Like yeah, the whiff. the whiffs are bad, but like it also could feed into itself, right? Like in that, like yeah. oh, I need a land. I hit a land. I get to play another yeah, one. That's right? great. So so like it's it's solid because of that. I I think it's a very solid sword, much better than like you know home fire and ice and you know truth and justice and stuff like that. So yeah, like like this is this is the the colors. Has green, so that is pretty solid when it comes to combat and red. Another. Pretty decent. Blasphemous Act is a, pr- yeah. a very like common card, right? Everybody plays Blasphemous Act, so it's nice to also get around that and like damage based things. Like if you play Blasphemous Act, then all the red uh, protection spells are now mm-hmm. or protection cards are are better. I yeah. think a little chain bit. of reaction. You can play like much, this. Yeah. All right, and then last card before we get to our final uh, ordered ranking is Sword of Feast and Famine, an old sword, uh, black and green. When you hit someone, they discard a card, 
and you untap all lands you control. I come to over has all the new ones. Don't you have the original <laughs> swords? Are you a new sword player? <laughs> so old borders are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but you should have got them when they were like five dollars if you're an OG Voltron player. <laughs> I actually I only made my equipment deck when Akiri came out, actually. Uh, so uh Akiri Fearless Voyager. So that came out like pre like right before the pandemic or something. So I'm not actually an OG. Alright, so Tomer's giving this an S, me and Krim A, Seth B. It's high high <laughs> ceiling sword, right? This is double your mana if you take advantage well, of it. Well it like, is it is, it is think double of it, your mana. Think of it this way. We're we're high on hearth and home and well people who run basics are high on hearth and home <laughs> and everybody's happy to put a land onto the bow an extra land onto the battlefield, right? Because those are objectively good things. Ramp is objectively good. I like that. That's incremental value, and it's very good. And those are two of my other favorite swords. It would be two and three, basically, for me, of, of ten. This one, though, even, like, in a low situation where you have, like, four lanes out, this is ramping you four mana every single time you're swinging. Right? You cast something pre- pre-combat main phase, and then you can cast another thing, four mana's worth of stuff, on your on your post combat main phase, the 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 amount of mana that you're generating that you can utilize of this is really high, like stupidly high. I barely even care about the discard. The discard is like completely incidental. The fact that like I'm generating five extra mana on turn four or turn five is like ridiculously good. It's so explosive. And then the fact that yes, it can combo with like aggravated and assault, whatever. Who who really cares about that? Um, it's this is just the amount of mana that this can utilize and how explosive your turns can be is why I put uh, Feast and Famine as like a solid S. Like this card, I will jam into a lot of decks if I want to, like in terms of like making the deck better in a generic sense, and I'll be really happy about it. Even though I stick with synergies and themes usually, so I don't. But like if I want to power up my decks, I usually just throw this in. I actually disagree with that. So it, the, the ceiling is very high, like Tomer said, <laughs> but you need to put this. In a high ceiling deck. If you put this in your dirtily deck, all you do is become arch enemy and then you die because your deck isn't powerful enough to handle being arch enemy. Like, oh my god, double the mana. And then you cast like a, a you know five mana two two or whatever. <laughs> and then people just start wailing on you and, and you have no recourse. So it's actually like it's like preemptively playing like a KCI fairly. And everyone's like, what is that? And it's a little scary, they start beating you down. So in the right deck, this is extremely powerful if you use your mana. If you try to do fair things after doing it, you're going to die really quickly. Everyone's going to see you have double the mana. They're going to go after you, and then you're just going to die. So, Let me sell you on it. Let me sell on it. Richard, <laughs> you're, you're, you, have a, you have a deck that's it's spared the companion dot deck. So every single yeah. everything is like a two mana, one, one, ETB, blink, draw a card or whatever, yeah, yeah, get yeah, a land yeah. or whatever. So... You you put you put this on your spirit campaign, your cutest little doggo. You hit somebody for three, so not that much damage. They discard one card, so oopsie yeah. daisy. Uh, you can smooth that over, you and then by the way, you, you untap all your lands, and you drop down a bunch more spirit companions and stuff. You draw more cards and stuff. Isn't that not good? You just get to play more spirit you companions just, even you, faster. You put yourself in the pole position. At an early point in the game where you can't win. So everyone will just beat on you until you die. And then that'll be that. So it actually goes against Richard's way of playing. So I, I would never play this card. Because you, <laughs> you just basically like very slightly you. spring ahead of everyone to make yourself the target. You piss someone off because they discarded a card. 
and then you didn't really win. You're just like mildly ahead, <laughs> and then like that's it, and then and then you die afterwards. So I actually would play any other sword above that. Where well, I would another... use it is by untap and combo off and and you know end the game immediately. Then, then but an- put this in. Another complaint you've you've had though is like, is this worth five mana? I've spent five mana on blah blah yes. blah blah. This one is you spend five mana, you get your five mana back the same turn, and then you get to cast other things. Is that yes. not sexy? And you should win I the like game it. right there because I, you now have a target on your back. So yes, so I, I believe fine. if you can untap and win the game, yeah, you should play this or you know like be in a very commanding position. Uh, but I, if, you, if you aren't going to win the game, this is kind of like annoy everyone kind of like the the sinew and steel problem where you just annoy people and then they come after you without you actually furthering your game plan enough and people don't like having to discard the card would arguably be better if that ability wasn't there and it just untapped your land (laughs) so you weren't like poking people and making them discard i have a much simpler way of evaluating these top three swords i think it seems like all of our rankings, discarding, you know, the body and mind thing, but like we more or less are in agreement that Hearth and Home, Feast and Famine, Forge and Frontier is like the top tier of uh, of the sword class. If you look at these three cards, Hearth and Home generates card advantage and ramps you. Forge and Frontier, card advantage ramps you. Feast and Famine, it just ramps you. So for me, I have it ranked third out of out of the the top tier of swords because it only does one of the two good things it, it just ramps you it's it well, like arguably the best of the ramper swords but, it, but but is there not a gulf between it ramps you and it ramps you all a lot like that's saying like i don't know dockside <laughs> is equivalent to a rampant growth because they both just ramp you right but I, I this one literally finisher like you this is the card you throw down on turn five or something to like double your mana and win the game immediately, as opposed to on turn three trying to chip away and build up resources, which the other it, two swords are doing. It's a finisher, but it also skips you ahead a full turn, basically. You have to cast two turns worth of spells. That's how I see it. But yes. if you don't have any cards in hand, what, draw what more cards. Put more card have? draw. Put like more card draw on your deck. And fortune what are you doing? <laughs> like everyone very clearly sees your arch enemy as soon as you start doing this, though. Right? What are they doing about it? I'm going to be drawing more true. cards than them. I'm drawing double the amount of cards. I'm casting double well, the amount not, of spells. Because right? it's three Deal players it. with three times the mana. So even if you double your mana, they have three times the mana. And they have three Wait. times the combats. You'll I'll run pestilence, combat. you know? I'll run pestilence. <laughs> and I'll just I'll dump all that extra mana into pestilence, keep killing all their creatures because that's protection from black. And then, oh, what are you going to do about it? You're going to attack me if your creatures don't exist anymore? Oh, that's so sad. Oh, I'm so sad for you. <laughs> and it's over dies to pestilence. <laughs> you need light and shadow to gain some life. <laughs> okay, so what, what is our... Do we have a consensus... Number one sword. According to our ratings, it's Forge and Frontier. Do do we do we yes. buy that? I'm okay or with or that. do we like the high yeah. ceiling of Feast and Famine? Like Feast and Famine has the highest ceiling of any of these swords, right? I would I would rank I, Forge and Frontier the game number one. Combo, I guess. <laughs> I would I would rank Feast and Famine third, uh, hey. just because they like legitimately Feast and Famine. Like you had mentioned, it's just I I, I don't know it it's it's not what it once was. <laughs> I don't think. I think, uh, like, for me, it, it's not, like, the ramp that I want, right? Because, like, it, the deck that I'm going to be playing these swords in is just, I, I, I'm not going to need the deck. Draw go, right because now. you don't cast on your turn. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I mean, but draw, but draw go, why would I play a sword? 
Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> well, well, also, I'm not talking about that. rocks. It doesn't untap the mana rocks. Yeah, it doesn't tap my mana rocks, right? So, like, you know, if, if you soul ring <laughs> signet into sword, you're like, nothing and, happened. <laughs> and plus, how good is untapping the two lands that you have in every game, Krem? <laughs> so exactly. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, yeah. Who cares, right? Like, at that point. <laughs> I, I think that Forge and Frontier digging us deeper, you know, going into your deck, mm. and also, like, letting you play an additional land, if it is a land off the top, is really nice. And, again, the colors are pretty, the color protection's pretty great for combat. Uh, I, I, I like it for combat, and yeah, so I would have Sword, uh, Feast and Famine third, um, and then Forge and Frontier second. And then obviously body and mind S plus. So <laughs> oh, I thought we tricked Crib. I thought he forgot about his body. Yeah, we almost <laughs> no. Almost I, I got said a real I said opinion. <laughs> no, no, no. Like that's that's not that that is a real. opinion. Seth already said it from the beginning. I Below soul of cards, though, right? Below soul. Okay, sort of bad, bad cards out of the way, Tomer. You're you're, you're getting <laughs> like 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 that's Seth true. said it in the beginning. It there is the other nine swords, and then a, and it's on its own in its own league. Seth's yeah, I agree. With swords, it's sort of body yeah. and mind. Yeah, there are the other nine swords. <laughs> and there's okay, sword and, and do we and believe mind. any of these swords are truly S or A? Like, do you are looking? Are you looking for a number of creatures you're running to support a sword, or are you? Is there any criteria aside from like you know I'm not spellslinger and I have zero creatures? Like most decks will have some number of creatures. Like, if you don't have flyers or something, are you still running swords? I don't matter. Unfortunately, I think that they're, that swords on their own, unless whatever the sword does, like, let's just say Hearth and Home, you're a, a Brago deck. Like, right? Like, unless you're really in need of, of, like, a specific repeatable, like, a proliferate or a very niche ability, I think most swords just aren't what you're playing. Like, they're just not good enough in 2023. So, example, uh, I, I think that, like, as I said, you know, Body and Mind's the only one that I play because there's usually a benefit to me milling. There's really a benefit to me milling. Or Hearth and Home, the benefit of me blinking, right? Like, obviously, I treat that as a, a blink thing, a blink sword. Forge of Frontier is the only one that I think can actually be generically played, like, along with, with like, Body and Mind. I mean, I so, think... <laughs> Uh, you do need a, a baseline number of creatures, right? Like, right, are, are right. you running a sword if you have eight creatures, Tomer or Richard, no. or like? But, but you, most decks don't have eight, right? Like, most decks will have a significant number of creatures. Right. Are you looking, so obviously, if you're playing Beyond some featureless the, deck, you don't play the sword, right? But okay, most decks will have enough creatures. But is any like you know? Let's say your commander is two mana. Is that good enough? Let's say your commander is like a two mana one three. Like, is that good enough to carry your sword? Or are you looking for yeah. something more like evasion, I, trample, flying, whatever? Or I, know, or is like spirited companion? The sword goes in. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the only for me, like Forge and Frontier would be the sword that would make the cut in generic decks. And then Hearth and Home, assuming I have enough basics to make the actual ramp work. Those would be the two. Those would be the two that I would consider jamming. And just playing and, you know, putting on my spirit companion or whatever. But, like, I, I don't think you need to think through, like, oh, I got to have a flying creature or an unblockable. You don't have to have, you know, invisible stalker to make a sword good or something. Like, you can just throw it on whatever creature. You got three opponents. Like, that's part of the power of command.
blinder you can attack the person that doesn't have a blocker we see that all the time so it's really only those two swords that I think are good enough at this point that I would just jam in a random deck and then like the next tier is kind of the, like the I'm an equipment deck tier I'm a I'm a whatever Voltron deck tier where the swords are specifically good but I think for those two you don't really gotta overthink it like as long as you got enough creatures to theoretically have a body most of the time I think those two are are good enough in pretty much any deck Right. I, 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 are we still in agreement of the worst sword? I guess we don't have an agreement. The worst sword <laughs> is either once in future war and peace or sinew and steel. Or no, body it's body and mind. mind. It's body, it's body and mind. mind. Oh, yeah, no. oh, sorry, body <laughs> mind. I'm not, I forgot. Like, I'll, 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 uh, I'll allow like Feast and Famine to not be top of the thing, but I'm firm on the, okay, the lorest. Me too. Can you look at the spreadsheet? What's the group average? On a, I call shenanigans. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just I don't saying. know why you Wait, give, give like, me a, truth and justice. Give me a second. Give me a second. Let me just, but you don't give body and mind to pass for the, the building. There. Oh, it looks like the average changed somehow. It's still <laughs> lower than body and mind. Is it okay? Stop, stop ruining the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I still think War and Peace is just by by leagues lower like just the worst sword. It is the worst sword. <laughs> War and Peace is just not good. Like everything that it does is not good. Its protection from its colors are so just not wor- I I don't know. I I feel like if you're just going to play War and Peace in the year where Commander has so many good cards, you may as well just not play it. like like just don't just put a basic Okay, okay, wow. okay. We got we gotta settle this. Wow. Rank the color protection. <laughs> What's the color protection tier list? I think black, color protection tier list. Black green on top? No, it has no. to be white. white. It has to be, be white. white. Black black and white. No. Swords black, of Blasters is one of the most nope. played cards in Commander. Like we just know that from EDA track, right? So yeah. odds are if somebody's uh. playing white at the table, they have a swords. I actually, th- I, I'm gonna go with ahead and say Forge and Frontier, red and green. I mean, I just rank the colors by themselves. So, like, I, what, yeah, what are the, yeah. For, forge, so, so red, red and green red are and the green. best ones. I, I think I, wow. I agree with Krim. I would go it like is the best combat. It is the best combat colors. White and bright and black is great for spot removal and stuff like that. But in in Voltroni decks and things like that, you're coming packed and prepared for it. Like, usually, I'm not too worried about, like, swords or, or whatever, right? Like, I'm worried about your creature sitting in front of me that's just going to be better because in green, in off, it often will be. I don't I care about the blockers. Like, it, it, like, as long as I can get my damage through, who cares, right? Like, so they're all equal to that. I'm thinking, like, what other benefits does it have outside of getting around any chump blockers? Because who knows what you're going to be like like what what your the actual creatures your opponents like, have I, i've never felt safe with the sword protecting my creature even like boots don't even protect my creature people <laughs> can knock it off so yeah. e- like if they have removal yeah. it's like generous gift and like the, the sword is coming off if they so need to. so i actually like red for the fact that like blasphemous act and things like exactly that you live through like it, like incidentally right. you'll actually survive that and yes. green for the power to punch through blockers to actually get your sword trigger so i actually yep. Kind of like that, or you know, or do you choose the hard removal but, colors, black and white? But I go white, red, and white. Doesn't white also have like just a ton of bodies on the battlefield? Like, sure, maybe green has the big bodies, but like, don't, don't if you want to get in it. sword hits, <laughs> isn't like getting through all the one ones relevant? I would put uh, white well, number one, white number one, yeah, and then blue is number five for sure. 
<clears throat> like, I, I think Blue like, is I'm also surprised worst. that Richard is like, oh, I don't care about people having target removal. Like, we all saw the jeweled lotus. It was glorious. Like, <laughs> like people, well, you're going to get got by target <laughs> removal sometimes, and people do run swords. Like, why wouldn't you, you not? You should be actually listen for that? to me because out of everyone, I have played the most swords. I like every season of Clash, I have like the top sword usage, and I've okay. played actually like most of these swords. Like, Light and Shadow, I played a lot. Most of the time, people don't care. Like when I equip Spirited Companion, you can be like, "Well, you know, let me let me let me go for the throat." Like, no, like no one cares, right? They're either removing the sword, um, or that creature was gonna get killed before the sword got onto it. So I don't value this highly. And usually, when you have like sorted up everything, then they just wrath. So like it doesn't like the protection to me is kind of mediocre. <laughs> Whereas I like the idea of red because you just incidentally live through people's blasphemous acts. Uh, but <clears throat> yep. most of the time, if people want your creature dead, it's dying. Uh, usually they'll team up. Like one person will knock off the sword, the other person will kill the creature or whatever, right? There, there are many ways to get rid of stuff. So the protection aspect I don't put as highly. Whereas people will not go out of their way to make a colorless creature to block my green sworded thing so, up or whatever right yeah, so solemn, I, baby I, don't <laughs> know, like, I, I, I like i like the that little value as opposed to the protection like no one's gonna source the plowshares my sworded spirited companion like i'm not afraid of that i don't need to protect against that like and if i'm playing voltron like i have 80 million pieces of voltron equipment protecting my creature it's not as big of a deal so i don't know i, I feel the utility ones are better than protection ones for for the colors Honestly, honestly, though, does this even matter to <clears throat> to all of you? I know you mentioned earlier, Richard, yeah. like protections, like kind of a fringe thing. That's kind of how I think yeah. of it. Like none of my rankings were based on like how good the protection is. Although I think like it's like a fringe upside, maybe like if it has good protection colors, that's a bonus. But my rankings would be exactly the if you randomize the protections on all these swords, my rankings would be exactly the same as it, as it is today. Like it wouldn't change anything. That, that uh, I, I think, you, I think right? you, it is well, important. No, 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 no. It, it is <laughs> you can randomize important. it. It really doesn't matter then. No, it is extremely important when, when well, depending on the department. I, the reason why I value the red and green is I had mentioned because of the combat, right? You need your swords to trigger. These are swords, right? They are, they are attached to a body you need to connect to have it happen. So the protection is very relevant when you need this mostly just because of the evasion not so much the protection side of it like oh swords whatever right Let, let's yeah. ignore the spot removal right because richard said if the creature was going to die it's going to die right uh but but when you can connect that's how any of these things happen so you need to have a way around and that's why green being on a lot of creatures especially in a multicolored world right and then on top of that like red as well why not uh, the red more so damage basing but i think green is where you're going to look at a lot of creatures and then uh, yeah white has a lot of weenie creatures but if you all you're caring about triggering then just hit the person that isn't in white or doesn't have a white creature my i i agree with crim to an extent like i agree i uh, having evasion having protection is very relevant because you need your source to connect i just don't care <clears throat> what the two colors are in terms of that because i feel like I'm as long as I connect to somebody, I don't really care. Like I have to specifically hit the green player or the blue player or whatever. As long as I connect to someone, I get my value. I'm happy. Um, <laughs> and the other th the other thing is like I don't agree with Richard. I like I think yes, if the entire t group uh, table teams up to like remove your creature, your creature will die. But 
if they don't have the answers and you're buying yourself precious time to get more in value before it gets removed, then I think that's... <coughs> Sorry, what's it? <laughs> so <Blech>. close. <laughs> so I was very excited about this point. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think white is actually really useful because that is the most common targeted removal there is. And I like that <clears throat> even if they drop later on, they still have to find a way to... Uh, remove the equipment or anything to actually kill the creature. And I like that. And then I actually like red a lot, just as Richard said, because you can actually build around. My, my Calder deck, uh, has three, uh, red removal, uh, board wipes because I have three protection from red swords. <coughs> so it's really good. And I have indestructibility and stuff too. So it's actually like I can make them into one sided board wipes in my deck. So I really like that. And also it messes up my opponent's Blasphemous Axe too. So white and red, final answer. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tomer's dying, Krim. Now it's time to bring home Body and Mind while he can't react. <laughs> I mean, like, All yeah. Right. Oh, Body and Mind is just the best sword. Though. But real, real, real question. I, I want to know what the listeners and subscribers think of Body and Mind. Give us, give us a number, 1 to 10, where you rank it. Is it... On the bottom, like the bottom, you know, bottom at the 10, is it Krim? Top, top three, middle. I think it's middle. Somewhere middle. Uh, what do you think? I'm, I'm actually curious what, what people think about it. Seth sort of Cauldra versus Seth Body does not like Body of Mind. <laughs> That's horrible. It's so bad. It's an embarrassment to this iconic cycle that it even, even it, exists. A, if you play a mill deck, there's actually a point to it. Whereas like War and Peace, there's like no point to it ever. Again, it's more I damage. Think, what do you mean? If Milling I just in a singleton format has its value. Oh my god. I'm on the singleton value tree. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, I'm scared every time Grim has a body of now. I start respecting it. <laughs> it's the only sword that I, I have had someone attack me with a sword, and I've actually thought, like, hmm, should I just let this hit me? Does this actually further my game plan if I take this attack? It's the only time that's ever happened. It was the only so sword so I would play against. It's the least threatening sword, right, in your mind, so that it slides under the radar. <laughs> And people don't think about it, <laughs> and that means all of a sudden, oh wait, let me just ever. go tutor for. Oh wait, I don't have it. I, I played it. I played his I, rogue deck against um, with my Tashiro deck in Richmond, and he equipped it, and, and he wanted to attack me because I was in the lead at that point, and he couldn't because he knew that any milling would actually benefit my deck so much more than his like three damage. So he actually stopped attacking me from it. That's the only sword that he would be like, I can't. Cannot attack this person. In that situation, your Tashiro deck was very good, right? Like, and that that's fine. I'm not going to win that that's race because your deck is all removal, though, right? So, like, hit you or not hit you, your deck is all removal plus Tashiro. So, so like, I don't think it mattered <laughs> at that point. It wasn't sword or not. I can't waste <laughs> my removal on one ones or whatever. I, I think I figured it out. The theory is you play Sword of Body in Mind. As the rest of the table laughs at the Sword of Body in Mind, you sneak in and get them when they're when they're not prepared. Yes. That makes, get that makes sense. You do get them. Yeah. Outside of like literally playing against someone who is like removal.deck, like you're okay. And removal in the graveyard. Like we're talking like all you do is cast removal, Tomer. That is that. It was a graveyard deck. deck. There's many of them. It's There's a graveyard. No, 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 no. It's a graveyard. If it were just a bunch of creatures, I love it. I love it. Please, mill creatures, let's play that game. 
if I mill nothing but doom blades, <laughs> like that's bad. And if you can cast them again, well, if that's I was a Marin deck, that would be better. And you mill my flashback yeah, marauder or something, play, and I just I start looping marauders that. on you because for my cost of caterpillars. Creature stuff you can do. You can do stuff again. All right. So th this will conclude our sort of body and mind podcast. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> the title. Have we convinced sort of anyone body of body and mind? I, I, I don't sword. know. I, I, actually, we can just look at EDH Shrek to see what the stats of the swords are. I'm actually curious. EDH Shrek, no, no. That just shows that Hi, there just, aren't uh, that have opened their mind's eye yet, okay? Richard is a cultured man. You see, he he understands. It may not be. I, I, it, it's. I don't think it's the I, worst I sword. Right, like it's not the worst sword. So yeah, Richard's a culture. I, I, I ironically do not think it's the worst sword, and I'm surprised you guys think it's the worst sword. But we've talked about that. We are done. Let us know, sort of body mind. Give me a number from one to ten, audience. Where it is, and we're gonna average it out. Let us know if you're we're, cultured. We're, we're gonna know if you're cultured or not. Okay. <laughs> do you like your anybody that doesn't like what closing thought on our way out? Anybody doesn't like body and mind likes their steaks well done. Just saying. Peace. Oh. <laughs> with ketchup. And any, yeah, uh, with ketchup and A1. Oh, my God. <laughs>